Hey babes, it's Azariah. We need your support. You know, if you enjoy Yes Jesus as much as we love making it, we need you to go to yesjesuspod.com and click on support the pod. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a Patreon supporter. And if you're feeling generous like a sugar mama, sugar daddy, then, you know, do a little more. But if you can, go to yesjesuspod.com and click on support the pod. We really look forward to bringing you more episodes. Hello, kings and queens and in-between sinners, saints, and I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another Flutterby episode of Yash Jesus. I'm Daniel Franzese, pop culture butterfly effect, and as always, I'm here with my bestie, Mariposa. <laughs> butterfly angels. Azariah Southworth. <laughs> and here at Yash Jesus, we believe... There are angels among us, queens, just flittering and flirting and floating around. And are butterflies just angels in disguise? I mean, my Ooh. mom always says that. Do you ever hear that? Like somebody loses somebody and they're like, that's that's my butterfly. Like, I love that sentiment. This. It's definitely possible. But we're going to find out all about butterflies Ooh, yes. today, right after. All right. Fresh off the press from the San Francisco Chronicle. An anti-LGBTQ protest broke out Sunday morning outside Calvary Presbyterian Church in San Francisco. The church had received threats after hosting a Pride Drag Queen Bible Story Hours in June. This was this was a drag queen church. The Chronicle mm. said that drag queens sang contemporary Christian songs and read Bible stories to kids. What's the big All deal the more about reason that? To protest. Did... It's you know <laughs> why why Christian music. I mean, look, it's, I think that they're just there to just be kind and sing and have a nice moment. It's like, why does everybody freak out so much about it? Yeah. I mean, do you want them to hear about Jesus or not? Come on. You know, like, you know, you know, we were just talking about even this show, right? Like, like I've said before, my definition of talent is when God shines a light on you. And then yes. when you use your, your talent and your gifts, you're a reflective surface that's, uh, that lets other people bask in that light. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, we're a niche show in a lot of ways, but I feel like our some of the mirrors, some of the reflections that come mm-hmm. off our show are prismatic light that hits dark, some of the darkest corners that never get a little bit of light. I mean, Absolutely. there are a few, but how many podcasts are out there saying that God loves you no matter what? <laughs> Do you know, even yeah. if you're, you're like LGBTQ and, and here's some examples in the Bible that might reflect on that. That's why, you know, we get attacked. This is an area where these drag queens are trying to reach out to kids. Anything that captures a kid's attention to let them know about God or let them know about the Bible is a good thing. It's any right. kind of or education. how to love yourself and, you know, just in the fruits of the spirit. People are so tied up in the gender difference about drag that I think yeah. they just need to relax a little bit because it's it's clownery. It's show business. It's, it's um, expressing yourself. And I exactly. think that that's a great lesson for young people. Exactly. And just real quick, before we move on to this with this story, there's a parallel story to this that happened this past week as well. And it's going to be a little bit of old news maybe by the time this episode airs. But Flamey Grant, a Christian yes. drag queen, hip swaying, shame slaying, you know, drag queen uh, on that the we top love of the here. Charts. She hit number one on the Chris- iTunes Christian music charts. And you want to know why? It's because Sean Foyt, we don't, you, you can forget about him, but if you know who he is, you know who he is. <laughs> MAGA loving, just like not operating the fruits of the spirit, not walking in, in the light, right? He uh, antagonized her online and, you know, came after her, Derek Webb Plum and Jennifer Knapp and said that, you know, um, good thing no one listens to you uh, and you don't have any influence. Well, 
after that, the community <laughs> rallied and made Flamey Grant number one on the iTunes Christian music charts. So, you know, like, come on and protest these, uh, our drag queens. Come on, protest our light. Yeah. The honey, we, we're going to reflect it brighter. If you're listening in San Francisco and you're near Calvary Presbyterian Church, you need to support them because they also, that's not all that happened, right? As yeah, at this not church. at all. That's right. The church also liked to hang out signs with affirming messages. Messages like God, the original they, them, and <laughs> yep. trans lives matter. That's you know, right. we talked about the pronouns too when it came to God, that the capital he is a singular pronoun only reserved for God. That's an interesting thing because I think a lot of people, uh, especially in the queer community, get hung up on the gender of God. But if you think that God doesn't transcend gender, then you don't understand the power of God and how big God is. I think God transcends all of everything in existence. Yeah. Well, the devil was busy at Calvary Presbyterian Church with, <laughs> with these protesters. Apparently, one of them had infiltrated. So the church hosts a Bible study before their worship service, and a visitor came and started saying all sorts of anti-LGBTQ things. Pastor Lee tried to have a conversation with them, but they all realized he was just there to disrupt them. So they asked him to leave. The guy went outside and joined a crowd of about 10 people and started yelling at the worshipers. Well, Pastor Joanne Hei Jung Lee told the San Francisco Chronicle, they were just kind of yelling and harassing some of our members as they came into worship. Apparently, they were saying some really vile things, but the Chronicle isn't going to print that sort of smut. <laughs> That's right. After the protest, Pastor Lee apologized to everyone who was harassed on their way in. But, you know, this is the really cool part. She encouraged everyone to turn their anger into righteous anger that pursues justice in the world. I love that. Well, I mean, I don't know what to say, except we're going to definitely have to keep the Calvary Presbyterian Church in prayer and just, you know, everyone be strong. If you're shining your light and you're an example of love, I really don't think there's too much people could say about you. Let right. the vile things they say bounce off your back. Speaking of prayer and praise, um, this is the section of our show. It's the praise report and the prayer request. This is where if you have something that's really heavy on your heart and you you just like, I can't bear it alone and you want to share it with us and you want Azzy and I to pray for you on the air and you want our Yash Jesuits who are listening to add you to their prayers and their prayer lists, let us know. Go on yashjesuspod.com and you could leave us a message right there. You could either email, you could record it. Um, or if something so good happened in your life, if you're walking around town saying, God is so good, I got to tell everybody, I got good news. You won't believe this news. one. I got the good news. And you want to, and you're hallelujah everywhere and you want someone to hallelujah with you. We love to hallelujah over here at Yes Jesus. So just call, let us know and we'll praise along with you. But we're going to start on a little bit of a serious note. We got a prayer request, Azzy. Yeah, this prayer request comes to us from social media. It's from username Violin Viola123. They say, and it's simple and it's a good one. I pray for today to be a good day. Listen, I got to say, I don't know why that's hitting heavy on my heart. It's, you know, social media, we have to keep it short. A lot of times we'll put it on one of our stories to, to drop us a message mm -hmm. and there's a character limit. Maybe I'm being a little too heavy handed, uh, violin, viola, one, two, three. But for anyone out there that hasn't been having good days, that's mm -hmm. been having real bad days, you know, and they're saying, I just need today to be a good day. Yeah. I just want to say that we hear you and our hearts are in communion with you. And that we feel you because it can mm -hmm. be simple. We could just say, oh, that's simple, but it could be also very heavy. And for some reason, my heart, my discernment is telling me that violin, viola, one, two, three needs a good day. And I want to say that we're here for that. We support you in that. We, we pray 
for a good day, as well as thanking the good day. There's a lot of things that, oh my gosh, uh, Steve Peters, um, <laughs> you know, who we've canonized, uh, canonized as a saint, uh-huh. um, uh, sadly passed away. We, we loved him here at the show and in life. And I, we were helping this afternoon after church. We went over to Steve's house, uh, me, Azzy, and Azzy's boyfriend. And we went over there to um, help pack up a lot of his stuff and mm-hmm. take care of a lot of his things. And I was doing a lot of the arts and crafts and clerical stuff. And I got a bookmark that I took home for myself that, I, that they said I could because I needed a bookmark for the book I'm reading right now. And we were talking about uh, let today be a good day. Well, the bookmark that I got our message today from Steve Peters from yes. the Beyond the says Saint eat a bull, Steve. eat a bullfrog first thing in the morning, and nothing worse will happen to you the rest of the day. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you, Steve Peters, uh, for that humor. We also have a pra- that's a praise. We have a praise is. report too. This is also from social media. Someone who uses the handle BKLN underscore GI, and it says, "I give thanks for my son." I never thought I could experience a love as deep and profound. Oh. I think that's beautiful. Um, you know, uh, and uh, we lift up your son and say hallelujah for that. That's an incredible yes. thing. And we have so much to hallelujah for today on today's episode. And you're going to find out all about it uh, when we write back after this with the scripture of the day. I am Joey J. I am a gay ass bitch from season 13. And you're listening to Yes, Jesus. Yes! Azzy, it's time for the scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. Yes, it's soul food. Azzy, tell us all about it. Comes to us from 1 Corinthians 15.40. There are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies. And now there's also non-human biological <laughs> biological bodies, according <laughs> evidently. But the splendor it, like <laughs> But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind, and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. Mm, very interesting. Today in our in, in our gospel, we're gonna be talking about the, a story of good and evil. Mm-hmm. But we are not going to tell you the story. We're going to invite a special guest to tell the story with us. So please welcome a devout Catholic, practicing attorney, teacher, and author, Maggie Lords. Welcome Thank to the you. show, Thank Maggie. Thank you very much. I appreciate you asking me. Absolutely. It's so great to have you here. Yeah. And we're, we're so excited to be talking to you about your new book, Butterfly Angels, Og and Lucy's Journey. Uh, this is young adult, little YA literature, and it's faithful, and it's also queer. That's right. Um, that's that's all I want to say about it, because we want you to tell us more about the story. Can you give us a little outline of, of the book, the plot? No spoilers, though. No, no spoilers, <laughs> but faithful and queer, are, they go together. So that's that's not an oxymoron, right? And the, the story really is a broad story about good and evil, It's told through the lens of a scrappy, bold angel that finds himself feeling a little rebellious. And rebellion Mm -hmm. is not a good thing for an angel that tends to pull angels into the dark side and makes them fallen angels. So he goes on a journey with some interesting, diverse characters. And along the way, he faces off with some very serious issues of our current times. So he encounters gun violence. He Mm -hmm. encounters homelessness. 
And he encounters the really heavy issue of LGBTQ discrimination, specifically in this story in the Catholic Church. Mm. But we know that it spans beyond the Catholic Church, obviously. And he finds his heart, and he decides that he's a pretty darn good social justice warrior, and he stands up to the curmudgeonly priest. And I won't go too mm-hmm. much further, but but it has a really inspirational ending to that subtext. Okay, and you're a devout Catholic, and I read that this book was partly inspired by a debate you got into with a Catholic bishop. Do you mind telling mm-hmm. us more about that? Yeah, and devout, let me, let me just put a little asterisk by that. Devout, but not a bit afraid to stand up and object yes. when the church is wrong. So there's Good. a difference mm-hmm. between indoctrinated. That's us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's a big difference between indoctrinated and just accepting mm-hmm. what you're told and the dogma is real yep. to saying, okay, yep. you know what, I'm going to come to mass, but when something is not right and you're not speaking off God's script, I'll be the first one to stand up and tell mm-hmm. you. And if I get thrown out, then I'll walk across the street to a very beautiful Episcopal church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <They're> right. <laughs> there you go. Good. Yeah. And so on and so on. <laughs> right, exactly. And Goldilocks exactly. it until you get the right fit. That's right. So um, was there a conversation or a moment with this Catholic bishop? What what was that like? Do you mind telling us a little bit about no, that? No, I'm not, I'm happy to tell. Um, so I was at a retreat that I was invited to because I, up until then, had done a lot of work for some local nuns. I haven't been mm-hmm. back since. I had to resign from that that group, unfortunately after that encounter. But the bishop um, was giving a private retreat discussion on the Virgin Mary. So I was really excited Mm -hmm. because I prayed to the Virgin Mary over the years for intercessions. And she belongs to everybody, by the way. She's not owned by the Catholic Church, so anyone can pray to the Virgin Mary. And he opened it up to questions. And the first question before actually the discussion even started was about lesbians. So I said, lesbians? (laughs) I don't remember the Virgin Mary being a lesbian. How are we segueing into this before the discussion even starts? But sometimes, you know, where two or more Catholics gather, there's a gay bashing (laughs) that follows. And that's exactly what I'm sure there's a couple of, um, I'm sure there's a couple of uh, lesbian uh, Catholics named Mary that are virgins as well. Yeah. And I'm sure there were some of (laughs) of the nuns in that group. And that, and that actually, it really hurt my heart, to be honest, because Uh I thought, here they are. They're a captive audience. They've devoted their lives. I know some of these nuns statistically have to be gay. And we know, right. you know, historically, a lot of nuns and priests went into that vocation to cover that up. So I thought, my goodness. I'm Italian. There's always like, I got five sons and one of them's a priest, you know, very uh, yeah, proud of exactly. all of them. Yeah, like, and if you, you have know, 10, like, two, and if you have 33, yeah, just go follow the 10%. Two in 20, two in 20, yeah. That's right. I, you know, it's actually interesting. One time we were having a conversation about that when we were talking about St. Francis of Sissy and his uh, advice to mother, to, he was telling the monks to mother each other. Yeah. And we were talking, and Ross Murray, our deacon here um, on the show, was, it, it was telling us, well, how do you think that the church got so gay? And it really made us think about it. We were all having a conversation, you know, right. the stained glass windows and the the velvet and all the pot, like yeah, that came yeah. from, from just like, like, I think it came from like queer spirituality mixed with creativity, you yeah. know? Oh, that's beautiful. And it's like, yeah. 
Yeah. There's got to be a gay guy in there somewhere because the Catholic also, churches are yes. drop dead gorgeous, right? Yes, exactly right. Yeah, the, the design elements that's right. alone. That's not the fresh flowers alone. You're like the right kind of candles. Yeah. That's not some scruffy straight guy doing that. There was a quote from Tulula Bankhead where she met like I think this archdiocese or something who came down in the robe with the big hat and with the urn of incense. And when she, they said this is Miss Bankhead, Miss Bankhead, you know, and she got introduced and she said. I love the gown. The hat is fabulous, but your purse is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's walking down with the urn of incense, you know, and the gown with the hat. Like, I got it. It's very Met Gala to me. <laughs> it, it was it was smelling good though. There's probably rose scented incense in there. I'm sure, definitely. <laughs> but I'm st- I'm st- I'm still curious because because when Azzy was mentioning. Um, there was a specific instance where you had where you stood up. Yeah, to there was. There was absolutely in this particular event that I'm chronicling, and which was only a few months ago. It was right at the tail end oh, of wow. me finishing the book, and when the other invitee in the group stood up and asked the open-ended question about lesbians, and had a little story woven into it. He he really took it like a hungry dog, you know, grabbing a bone. And the Virgin Mary was out the window. He just wanted to mm. go on a rant about the LGBTQ community. So I I stood up and asked him a very pointed question, and the question was, you know, why on earth would the Catholic Church feel it had a right to deny the Eucharist to LGBTQ people? Because it happened Mm -hmm. here in Michigan to a judge, and I don't know her personally, but being a lawyer, the legal community was all very aware of it. After she Mm -hmm. married her partner, who was a woman, at following marriage equality, her um, longtime Catholic parish said, uh, no more communion for you. You are now living an open grave sin, and you are no longer in a state of grace to receive Holy (laughs) Communion. So this vexed me greatly when I read the story, and I put it to the bishop, and the bishop cited some canons, and I cited Jesus Christ, and I said, guess what? I win. I just cited Jesus Christ, and you have no greater authority than that. And I don't care really about the canons. And I don't really yep. even care about you hobbling together verses from Ezekiel and St. Paul. Jesus is the Supreme Court in Christianity. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, Not much more I to say, the, Bishop. Yeah, my parents named me Daniel because it means God is my judge. So I literally have been that way my whole life. I'm like, well, God loves me, and I'm on God's authority. So, that's And that's exactly on what? Right. On God. What legs do they have to stand on to, to condemn LGBTQ people, my God, sit down, be humble I, for a so, moment at least. I, you, you know, know like, I want what it wasn't, it doesn't, not even just Catholic church though. Like, I one time I was living in Brooklyn, and I was right next to this church, and I was hearing the music every Sunday through my shower, my morning shower. I was hearing them church music, and it was calling me to come in and like just be in there and spend some time in there. And I went in there, and I think at the especially at the time of my life, like I had a mohawk and stuff, you know, and I was very like hipstery. And, um, and I went into the church and I think I could be read as gay. And the, um, uh, the pastor was talking, and in his sermon, he was like, the world's coming to an end. He was like, gays are coming out of the closet. And I was just like, you sent that message to me, this new person who just walked into your church and sat in the pew. Like, that to alienate a, me that way. Maybe You were right next door to me. I might have come every day. And by the way, you know me, Azzy. I'm the one that's, like, helping out. I'd be, I'd be yeah, an usher there yeah. in six months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and really. it's kind of like you lost, you lost people to be the harm's hands and heart of God when you do that. You know, we're, as a community, that's what we're trying to do when we reach out to each other and try to do something. You know, and I think that um, it's so upsetting to me that they try to alienate people. Uh, 
you know, besides that issue, because we that's what the whole podcast is about. We talk about that all the time. And I don't want to give any spoilers on your book, but you have many themes in your book. And it does, you know, the plot does involve a drag queen takeover of a Catholic mass. Yeah, pretty um, much. Yeah. Yes. But, but before, pe- I want to get to peaceful, that. Peaceful. Peaceful takeover. <laughs> peaceful one. And I want to and I want to get I really want to get to that part. But before that, I want to actually talk to you about. Um, something outside of just the LGBTQ inclusion in the book, which you also talk about the danger of gun violence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is interesting to me because I feel like the big uproar that we're having in Catholicism, Christianity, wherever, just even far right, so when they're all talking about drag queens, is really to me just like this gas light against mm-hmm. gun violence, almost in a way, politically, you know? So can you talk about your relationship between LGBTQ inclusion and gun violence, there's a relation for you there? Well, there's a relation. um, There's a symbiotic relation in my life because MSU is my alma mater. And we just had a terrible Mm. incident of gun violence and deaths at the campus in February. Um, The LGBTQ community and obviously advocates for gun safety laws tend to be progressive. So when you go to any type of event, you see the community really there rallying against it. The reason why I made gun violence the crux of the story, if you read it, it had that strong LGBTQ subtext, and the crux Mm. of the story was built on an incident of gun violence, is because we need to really address mental health. We know that, Mm -hmm. right? Mental health is an enormous void in our society. And I don't want to go too far off topic, but it's really mentally unhealthy, all you priests who are listening, to tell LGBTQ people they're unnatural and disordered. So, you know, get, get on board here with mental That's health right. generally. And yeah. the mental health issues are gravely important for us to address. But I also think, and I hope the book highlighted this, where people caught it, spirituality needs to be addressed too. And at the core yeah. of mental illness and at the core of gun violence, the devil's there. I mean, God's not yeah. there. God's not present at those shootings. It's right. evil, and we need to band together. And that's why we need, even if you're not of a Christian persuasion or of an institutional organized religious persuasion, compassion and love and mercy are things that lend to better health policies for mentally health, no, me- mental health uh, issues. They lend to, there's a reason why God gave us these edicts. They lend to a better ordered world all the way around. So yeah. I hope I you know, imparted that well in the book, that if we become more spiritual, we'll in turn become more compassionate, we'll become more merciful, we'll become more loving. And I think these policies that need to be implemented around gun violence and mental health would be easier to pass if we could see ourselves knitted together as one. Absolutely. That's so well said. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for standing up and saying something to that Catholic bishop at, at that you know, retreat. But Maggie, you've been a church advocate for a long time. I'm curious, what has your advocacy advocacy looked like for you over the years? Well, I mean, in full disclosure, I left the church after the sex scandal in the late 90s. I couldn't stomach going to Mass, so I took a break for a number of years. I was very devout. I went to Mass every day. I attended a Catholic law school in my first year and Catholic undergrad school. But after the sex abuse scandals broke, and particularly, um, I don't know how old you guys are. I'm sure I'm older than both of you, but there was a man named Cardinal Bernard Law in Boston, and he was seen, and it was exposed that he covered things up during that horrific Mm -hmm. time. And when that broke, I said, you know what, I can't fathom how this happened in my church. So I went over to a reform synagogue. (laughs) 
My mom's got some Jewish in her. And I never relinquished my Christianity. I never gave Uh up my belief in Christ. But I said, I need to just kind of get away from everything for a while and clear my mind. And I was welcomed as a righteous Gentile. And the Reformed synagogues are very spiritual in nature. And I think it regrounded Mm -hmm. me, gave me the strength, and taught me an awful lot about the Torah and the Tanakh, which we call Mm -hmm. sometimes the Old Testament. And then when I was able to come back to Catholicism after a number of years, I was able to kind of see it more clearly and know that I had to really stand up and be more courageous and object on a regular basis to things that I saw and not just object in my own mind, but, you know, come out and expressly state the problems that I was seeing in the church and stay in the church and hopefully help it. Because there's a billion Catholics, so there's a lot of young people in the Catholic church and, and they really need to hear a better message, and the church needs to reform yes. so they don't keep dumping these onuses on young people who are taken there before they have a choice to maybe make a change in, in their faith place. That's an incredible journey. I love I love hearing that you did that. I mean, it makes me want to go to a synagogue. Like, I would love to, you know, I love experiencing, finding other ways to, to experience God. Um, you know, we actually, when we Bible study here, we call it Bible wondering. Because <laughs> what are we studying? There's no like one, there's no one interpretation, one thing. Right. Like we're, we're here to, apl- to make that applicable to our life and try to figure out how we, that can serve us. That's really cool. And that's, and that's what being part of a community looks like. You know, being able to speak up when you see wrong and to be able to come to as a community and decide how you're going to reform or do better, right? And for those spaces that don't allow that room to breathe that's unhealthy that's toxic it's terrible um so i i'm so glad that you are doing that yeah so happy and the church the church is having a a rigorous debate i mean the bishop said we're we're split right now and and i'll wrap that up but he was very conservative and the one how i segued into it as i stood up and i think he thought you know i was part of the captive audience i was gonna say oh you're right those lgbtq i mean he's using words like the wicked one and satan and really Mm. heavy language and i stood Mm -hmm. up said isn't that convenient bishop that you're condemning a group of people that you believe are not here and they don't think mm-hmm. there's any advocates here. Isn't that called mm-hmm. gossip? And that was how I started. I said, guess what? Yes. I'll stand up. Mm. I'll stand up right now for the people who aren't here. I'll stand up for the LGBTQ community. And then I gave oh, him a very Maggie. rigorous debate based on biblical scripture that was irrefutable. And then I got thrown yes. out of the group. <laughs> yes, I want to hug you right now. Yes. I want to hug you right now. I mean, yeah. we need, that's the allyship, that's allyship. That's the definition yes. of allyship yes. and the definition of representation. Like yes. we need to be spoken about in rooms that we are not in. Like, yep. and we need to be defended right. in rooms that we are not <laughs> in. And right. okay. Uh, this is what gets me excited again about your book because, all right, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but tell us about, okay. It involves, okay. I'll tell a little bit about it. A drag queen takeover of mass right. at a Catholic, right. a Catholic mass. I'm here that for sounds it. like some, Act up and yes. like some queer na- queer nation yes. work. Yes. Like uh, you, how are you connected to to the work of Act Up and Queer Nation? I'm not. I don't. I'm not part of any of those particular groups. I'm part of the LGBTQ community here in Detroit. So sure. I've never gone to anything with Act Up. Um, I've been in, involved in um, uh, Equality One for Michigan, and there's a number okay. of groups here in Michigan that I've, I've actively involved in, but never Act Up. And I want to say for all the Catholics that are just ready to pounce, I got you. Because here I write this 
chapter, which is called Miss Bliss, the one you're referring to, in a very poignant way, they converge on the church, which is Joan of Arc Cathedral, but they converge on that church because they come from every area in Denver where it's set at the behest of the angel who's the protagonist, and they come because they want to be there. And that's the point. Gay people, LGBTQ people, they want to be close to God. And how dare the church create a situation at Mass where they don't feel welcome? So when the angel creates this environment, and I'll give a little bit more of it away, invitations go out from Joan of Arc Cathedral to all the gay activist groups in town. And they see these invitations and they say, really? We're invited to the Catholic Church? And they come willingly and peacefully because guess what, Catholic Church? That's what the LGBTQ community is. It's peaceful. And they want to worship, and they have the right to have relationships with God through any church or place of worship that they choose and that calls to them. And the Catholic Church isn't whole without the LGBTQ community being in it. That's right. Oh, that I tell right. you, when I think, I, I really get peppered when I think about how someone could use God's name to say that there's no place for that person in God's house. Like the audacity to try to do that. I don't care if you are an usher or if you're the Pope or whatever. Like you do not have a right to tell anyone that there's no place for God in your heart. I mean, I don't like to throw judgment or whatever, but I can't even imagine what the punishment for something like that must be or like the consequence of that because it sends people on on such downward spirals it causes depression it causes drug use it causes causes alienation from people's families and their and their support systems it causes uh, couples to break up it causes it causes so much turmoil from your how could you give a non-loving message from the house of god i do not understand well and pope francis is railing against that just just so the audience knows he's making very strong statements and moves against that. He's bringing in gay advocates into the Bishop Synod just in the couple of months that's going to occur and is a big deal in the Catholic Church. And the radical, we call them rad trads, the radical traditionalists are just up in arms. <laughs> yeah, the rad trad priests are up in arms about him inviting yeah. very pro-LGBTQ bishops to participate in that. The church, if someone was here representing that rad trad contingency, would say, oh, you know, we're not telling LGBTQ people they don't belong. You just have to deny your love. You have to deny being LGBTQ. You have to come to confession. You have to repent. You know, you have to say you're not going to do this anymore because right now you're in grave sin. Look, they're the ones in grave sin on that point. They, they know what they're doing. That's hate and that's cruelty. And don't wrap it. I was going to say don't wrap a turd up, but that's not a nice thing to say. <laughs> right? No, that's what my mom, my, my mom <laughs> the always says. The truth. My, mom always said, my mom always says, I can't sh- sugarcoat cocky. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there, you set up for me. You set up for me. I got one yeah. more day. I don't have to worry about being excommunicated, right? But no, that's exactly it. They're just wrapping up a bunch of you know, boulder dash and trying to present it in a way mm-hmm. that we're giving the LGBTQ community an avenue to God's love and truth. No, you're not. You're slamming the door and you're being cruel. And the last time I checked, yeah. Jesus did not have any message of cruelty in his gospel. So just drop it. We did it. think it was a big win. We were really yep. celebrating it here and we were giving props to the Pope of when he had said that nobody should be made miserable over being gay. Right that uh, nobody should be kicked out of their homes because of it. 
And, you know, then it was redacted and like the Vatican, I feel we've, I feel in my heart forced him to say um, in a lot of ways that same sex love is a sin and never will they ever have a same sex wedding ceremony. I'll be allowed in one of their buildings. Yeah. It's he's, he's a little wishy washy for my taste, but he's at least not Pope Benedict. I mean, that was a whole yes. different. No, I you agree. Know. But yeah. if you pay attention, so well, let's uh, let's watch going forward and pay attention. Yeah. I really feel like there's a comedy rule that it's like better to uh, beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. Like if I ask to sell a joke in a movie, they'll say no. But if I just tell the joke and it's really funny, they'll be so yeah. glad. And if I mess up, I'll be like, sorry, I didn't mean to. I couldn't help it. Right. It's a, be- it's a better way to deal with the problem. I think that's how he's playing this. I think he says something when he feels like it needs to be said or there's a moment where he's able to slip it in. And then later on, he has to say sorry. And the Vatican and him have a discussion and he has to say something else that that pulls us back again. So the next time he says something affirming, I really feel like that's what's on his heart. Mm-hmm. And then you'll notice that not even a year later, there'll be another moment where he's he has he's forced to say something. Well, you should see, you know, the nuns that are very traditional and the priests that are very traditional. They they will come right out in private meetings and just speak very badly of Pope Francis because of this issue. You know, even mm. our pope is getting corrupted by these social issues of our times. <laughs> it's like, oh my lord, he's the he's supposed to be divinely inspired, and now you're running him down too. Like, are you Catholic? Right. Or are you not? So, right, you, the institution crazy. is wants to take over because he's not following the dogma. He's right. following the spirit sometimes, you know, and we can't let the spirit uh, <laughs> take over right. now. Yeah, we can't really <laughs> follow Jesus. <laughs> Right. If, if for if for one if one day out of nowhere for they I don't know they like I've been watching too much Succession, but like if one day like like you know uh, Fox News gets taken over by uh, Bernie Sanders Incorporated I don't know and it's like all of a sudden <laughs> right. has to change its entire rhetoric has to like go back on things it's been saying for years and disproving guests that they had on and all of these things I feel like that's the pickle that the Catholic Church is in with this because. It it's is. like it's so politicized. They're the number one real estate holder in the world. Mm-hmm. They uh, all of their donors, all of the people, you know, um, it's the same reason, you know, we need more people definitely of all kinds in politics. But it's one of the reasons why I don't want to do politics, because I feel like having the show, I can move mountains more by speaking my mind than having to listen to the people that are funding my campaign and, and promising to agree with whatever they agree with just because they wrote me a check. I feel like at this at this point, the church is. The Catholic Church, especially, is probably one of the biggest corporations we have going right. in the world. Right. It's a worldwide major conglomerate corporation that's responsible for the number one real estate holder in the world. Like, and has has homosexuality so politicized? How do you back out of that? Like, it's very difficult to back out of a situation like that. So every time there is a little bit of air that's a little bit of the balloon from the Pope, I am. I do think it's a praise report, and I do think I'm so appreciative for it. Yeah, and and the truth of the matter is that, you know, the church has been in these pickles, as you said, before. They've had to do a lot of mea culpas for sex abuse scandals. Now, I was yeah, just reading yeah. a few days ago in preparation of doing these podcasts about uh, the mother-baby homes in Ireland that are so horrifically, you know, realized over the last few years. They've had a lot of things that they've done this same stumble with, where they're they're cruel. They do things that are absolutely unholy. And then down the road, they have to 
fall on their sword and apologize. It's just sad they don't learn. Having said that, the church is really big. And as you as you know, it's got a wide reach and a lot of money. That's why I think it's so important that we really need to dig deep and remember God can do anything. And I just pray he mm-hmm. heals the church because it mm. does have such immense power. And if it could harness and corral that power always to do right, it would have significantly more good impact on the world. So, I mean, we, we're doing a blood drive at my church right now, and we're collecting backpacks for kids. We do a lot of good things, but then there's this, you know, root of very serious wickedness in the church as to the LGBTQ community that just needs to be dug out. Yes, I love that. It needs to be dug out. And Maggie, what's your hope for the church, and how do you see this book leading us to that hope? Well, I want it to keep sparking conversations about this issue, and the the argument about the Eucharist and denying the Holy Eucharist, it, it's a no-win for the church. They don't own Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. They don't That's own right. his body and blood. They have no, no right to be a middleman and say who can receive Eucharist and who can't. There's just That's no right. valid argument. It's it's a punishment to people who they don't believe are living according to their canons. That's all it is. It has nothing to do yep. with Jesus and what he said. So I want the book to keep highlighting that. I also want it to just be a good read for young people overall to know that God's with you and that every decision you make either is going to help God or it's going to help the devil. And God shouldn't be incidental in your life. He should be the core of your life because he's always with you, whether you're LGBTQ or not. He loves you more than anyone else can ever love you. And I want young people to really hold on to that message because we are in a troubled world and, and life throws us a lot of challenges. And I want to miss bliss moment in every Catholic church across the country. Please let this, that's my big prayer for the church. Just have the gay community and the LGBT community converge and let them see us. Because you know what? When you see people and when you have to interact with people, it's harder to hate them. It's harder to hate them when you see them and you're... Uh, introduced to people. It's like I always say to people, be careful typing emails. If it starts getting too hot, pick up the phone and call because it's harder to yell over the phone than in an email. It's harder to be cruel when someone's standing in front of you. It's like what Howard Thurman said in his book, Jesus and the Disinherited. I've shared it many times on this show, and I'm paraphrasing, but Howard Thurman said, contact without genuine fellowship breeds hatred. It's when you come into genuine fellowship with each other that the mistruths, the half-truths, the misinformation has to be laid aside because that person is right in front of you and you know Bill, you know Linda, you know, you know who they are, and right. you, now it's unrefutable, you know? It's beautiful. Yeah, I, that's, that's well said. Thank you for sharing that, Maggie. All the role models, too, like you guys and politicians and Pete Buttigieg. And I mean, we see gay people now. We see transgender people out in the world. And the, there's no yeah. more hiding behind this myth that they're unnatural and they're, they're going to, you know, do harm to the children. And right. then they're, gonna, they're promiscuous. They don't want marriage. All those myths have been dispelled. So it's time right. for the haters, the last of them, to just drop the hate and get real. Right. And and how freeing will that be for them to, to just to let go of the hate and to allow themselves to be more open to love and to God mm. and, and to stop projecting their beliefs and telling God who God is and allow God to show them who they are. 
how freeing that is that, you know, that I've experienced because I've let go of the dogma at one point in my life. You know, I've let down the lies that that were told about me and that I believed about myself and, and that I believed about others, you know, yes. and how freeing that is. And and what an invitation, you know, to to be able to step into that and to walk into that and to journey together, to trudge together and to explore that and to and to live that out and exemplify it for the world to see. I hope that they allow themselves that opportunity because if they don't, what a missed opportunity to really come into communion, closer communion with the divine. That's right. And Catholicism, you know, the word Catholic means universal, but you can't be universal and eliminate such a large body of people. That's right. Amen. No, I just wanted to say to our listeners, like, if you are struggling with this, if you feel like you don't know how to speak up and 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 fight back and and reach into your heart to find out how to do that maybe this is the book for you please pick up yeah. butterfly angels og and lucy's journey get your hands on this book because it is it it just it rebel rouses you it makes you want to uh, seek the truth and stand up to the things that that need to be stand up to maggie where can our listeners get their hands on this great book sure it's available on amazon you can download it if you have kindle um and i'm going to I'll do a free day. I'll do a free day yeah. for downloads. I'll, but you can right now get it on Amazon in paperback or on Kindle. So okay. if you're listening to this on a Sunday, we'll make it happen that Monday. So all of our listeners uh, who get it the day after could also listen to that, well, that. There'll be a free day that you can get your hands That's on this perfect. book. Thank you, Maggie. Yeah, no, you yes, get a book and you, you get a book and you get a copy <laughs> of Butterfly right. Angels. That's right. Yes. How nice. That's right. If, uh, take a few yes. more sales for me to give out cars like Oprah, but free book I can do. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> oh, but that's so lovely because I'm sure a lot of people. So now you have no choice, listeners. You must listen to this book. Um, right. I might be, or read the book rather because this is going going to uh, really get you in that spirit, in that spirit of seeking the truth in your own place of worship. Yes. Yeah. And Maggie, we really love and appreciate that you have been an advocate in the church, in the classroom, and with young LGBTQ people. Thank you for sharing this book and sharing this ministry with us and the whole Yes Jesus family. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you so well, much. Well, thanks for all the work you do, and thank you for the courage and to ex- absorbing the pain yourself so others don't have to down the road. I, what you guys both have done was really a risk and brave. So thank you. Thank you. Oh, we appreciate you, Maggie. All right. Yes, Jesuits, your tithe, love offering, charity, act of good this week. Give the gift of butterfly angels, Og and Lucy's journey to someone in your life who needs to, you know, learn how to fight injustice in the church and in the world. Find a way to encourage the next generation of Elizabethan leaders, Christian and otherwise. I don't know if anybody, you know that, that TikTok sound, Elizabethan, LGBTQ. Elizabethan plus. Listen, my Elizabethan plus and ally followers, you can have followers, but if your followers are not actively engaging with each other, learning from each other, sharing books and vibing regularly, then you don't have a community. So please reach out to us. We want to know who you are. We want to feel your presence presence and also we have a new song to share with you two today this is going to be the late summer queer christian banger bop that you want to hear the song is called selfish and it's by brad kemp and gabriel mudd i know her the Yes, it's the lead single on Brad's up-and-coming album, On the Floor, which also features okay. Shea Coulee and Work. Evie Aubrey. Yes. So we're going to play the song at the end of the episode, but 
we want to spread the love to other queer Christian music and artists too. So if you're a queer Christian musician and you're listening and you want us to play one of your songs, send us an email to contact at Yash Jesus Pod with a link to where we can find the MP3 files of the you song that you want us to consider. <laughs> so Maggie, here at Yash Jesus, we like to open our prayers first with a drag queen prayer. Yash Jesus was at RuPaul's Drag Con in London. And while we were there, we got some holy prayers from some divine drag queens. So today... We're going to open our prayer segment with a prayer offering by Joey J. Joey J is gay from yes. RuPaul's Drag Race. I hope that one day everyone can go and just do what makes themselves incredibly happy and not worry about what someone else's opinion is, whether it be a panel, whether it be a clique of a friend group, whether it be a mother or father or a sibling or a son or daughter, you just do whatever makes you happy because at the end of the day, if you were to take everything away, the only thing left is you. So just do what makes you feel good and as long as it's safe. Amen. Oh, thank you, Joey J. Um, And now we're going to start with our prayer. Lord, please let everyone in the LGBTQ community, particularly the young people, know that you're with them and that you love them. And then any condemnation that they hear in their places of worship are unholy and wrong, and they need to reject that and love themselves and spread your love and peace wherever they can. God, we give you thanks for stories that build up and encourage young people. Thank you for, for Maggie Lords and her advocacy and ministry and storytelling. Let anyone who hears her voice and reads her story learn how they can fight injustice in the church. And we pray for Calvary Presbyterian Church in San Francisco. May we do what Pastor Lee encourages us to do and to turn our anger into righteous anger that pursues justice in the world. Let the drag queen story hour flourish and also tell stories and build up the next generation. We join Violin Viola 123 in prayer that today, this very day that you have made will be a good day. And we are going to give a hallelujah with B-K-L-A-N underscore G-I for their son. We love that bond between parent and child. And we know that real family love is a gift from you. So we give thanks and we lift these things up in prayer in your holy name and in the way of Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. Thank you, Azzy. And thank all of you for listening to another episode of Yash Jesus. Yes, you can find us on social media at Yash Jesus Pod or on our website at yashjesuspod.com. Now, if you like the show, please become our sugar daddy, a sugar mama. We've set up a Patreon account where you can support us through the show and on an ongoing basis. You can also just make a one-time donation through Buy Me a Coffee. Information on how to do both is in our show notes and on yashjesuspod.com. All right. I want to give a special thanks to Heidi and Mark for their one-time donation to keep us going here at Yes Jesus. And to our sugar daddy, Reverend Jeff Krim, for being our first official Patreon sugar daddy. But don't worry, if you don't got no money, it's okay, honey. Just leave us a review or share us with a friend. Helping to spread the Yash Jesus message to others, you never know. They might need to hear it. Yeah, I'm going to, if you join our Patreon, I'll show you my weenus. Right here. Right here. You can now <laughs> leave an audio. Is an elbow. Pre- <laughs> it's elbow skin. It's, it's elbow, elbow skin, skin. Yeah, okay. guys. 
Learn science. Calm, Learn science. Calm down, mom. Okay. You can now leave an audio prayer request or a praise report on our website at yasjesuspod.com. We would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show. So drop us a line or send us a recording on yasjesuspod.com. Yeah, send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, your episode ideas, your guest ideas, or even just a flutter by butterfly. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Yas Jesus is hosted by me, Danny Franzese, and your butterfly angel, Azariah Southworth. Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Our show is produced by the freaking Deacon Ross Murray and Lady Boss, Meredith Polly. We are streaming and screaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and literally wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, God loves you, loves you, loves you just as you are. Keep praising the Lord, y'all, and enjoy this listen to Selfish. Jealous to the point of exclusivity I don't care about others Centered on my motives I got this feeling You can call it fractured empathy You might think this ain't serious You underestimate it I'm not gonna stop till my desire Has been satiated You might just say that these Are toxic tendencies I know what I want And baby, yes, I'm gonna Every second you are away from me I'll do anything to make your pleasure priority Hell no, I ain't sharing I come off as I'm caring Make you my number one with crooked generosity That truth is coming off you's everything that I admire I know that I'm demanding all the views that I require I'm not gonna learn my lesson I follow my obsession I'll make it up to you I'll make you as selfish as I am